podcast about finding meaning through symbols and the mysterious with focus on instincts, intuition, and synchronicities. Welcome. Here's the setup. So what is the psychic mind and what does it have to do with Jesus? Stick around and find out. If you're a Christian, you likely haven't heard this story. If you're spiritual, this story will begin to fill in gaps that were missing, lies that were told, and the broader story of early Christians that was left out on purpose. This week's podcast is spiritual, but it is also revolutionary. It's Easter weekend for Christians. Lent ended this week for Catholics. Passover began. Ramadan continues. Holy Weeks to millions of people around the world. From childhood, I've been on a private journey to understand the events around the early Christians, the religion which became the foundation of my life through my mother's faith. Since childhood, I rejected the church's teachings that God was harsh and women were unworthy, that Mary Magdalene was a whore, and that Jesus was joyless and betrayed, and for money, Judas turned on Jesus. I've been on a secret spiritual quest ever since. The first time I read the following quote, it was a synchronistic moment for me. From Lost Go- The Lost Gospel by Herbert Crosney, which was published by National Geographic, and I highly recommend. Quote, Jesus told Judas, lift up your eyes and look at the cloud and the light within it and the stars surrounding it. The star that leads the way is your star, end quote. One reason I'm talking about Jesus, Judas, Mary, and early Christians today is to share my journey how Jesus connected me to the psychic mind. Another reason can be seen in national headlines. Lawmakers in Tennessee belong on a poster entitled Fake Christians. The Tennessee legislature expelled two black legislators while giving a pass to the white woman legislator who joined them in a gun protest after children and adults were slaughtered by guns. Fake Christians grabbing power through blatant racism. From Maryland's Attorney General this week, as they announced, quote, a years-long cover-up of the sexual abuse of 600-plus children, some of whom were preyed upon by multiple abusers over decades. From NBC News, quote, Time and again, members of the church's hierarchy resolutely refused to acknowledge allegations of child secu- sexual abuse for as long as possible, according to the report. Quote, when, in denial became, when denial became impossible, church leadership would remove abusers from the parish or school, sometimes with promises that they would have no further contact with children. Church documents reveal with disturbing clarity that the archdiocese was more concerned about avoiding scandal and negative publicity than it was with protecting children, end quote. This has been the Catholic Church for decades. The moral collapse of organized religion is one reason why I began this podcast one year ago. 
There is more to faith, religion, and being an authentic human than pronouncing yourself a Christian. The 2,000-year-old mythology, mythology of Christianity was written by men in ancient times and became the tower from which religious men kept society in check and women in their place. One man decided there would be four Gospels, regardless of the many other Gospel writings in circulation at the time. It took decades before I found scholarship to bolster my experiences, metaphysical phenomenon I couldn't explain, didn't doubt, but couldn't control. One question haunted me. If people like me can experience the mysterious, how does this impact the story of Christ as written by early Christians trying to amass power for men while institutionalizing women's inferior status? You may ask, why does it matter? Well, as a Christian, a lapsed Episcopalian to be specific, the experiences I've had challenged everything I'd learned about religion and faith and the church. Fifty years ago, talking about the things I am today would have landed me in an, in an asylum, in an asylum, sorry, or worse, See the history of outspoken women, especially those who chose to remain child-free. As for women who took on the church, death. The magic I explained a couple of podcasts ago applies triple to Jesus. When he began teaching, people would come from miles around. In antiquity, there weren't books and few people could read, so Jesus became famous, which was central to the divine plan. The Romans worshipped pagan gods. Lives of Jews who'd embraced Jesus' teachings were perilous. Relatives were taken and crucified when they wouldn't respect Roman gods, and it wasn't safe to convert to the new religion until Constantine. I contend Jesus saw his future through the psychic mind the minute his journey began. It was one part deduction and one part choice wrapped in the divine vision of his destiny. He knew that he would one day be confronted by Rome because he was going to arrange the meeting. Jesus tells us all we need to know about authentic power and the law of attraction, as well as instinct and intuition, not in the New Testament, not in the Bible, but through the lost Gospels. As for Jesus's psychic mind, it's not outlandish to say he saw it all before it happened. There is a message in this for all of us if we choose to see Maybe you can imagine how messages were transferred to Jesus from God. I can. Passion of purpose creates a magnet for the law of attraction with consequences and challenges for a person who's on his or her soul's mission, which becomes secondary through the power of intent. What Jesus attracted through his passionate sermon sealed the fate he knew was his destiny. There's no description in any of the four Gospels how Jesus came to bestow on Judas Iscariot the task of telling the Romans where to find him. For 2,000 years, Judas has been known as the betrayer of Jesus who committed suicide. But what if the fury of the 12 disciples led them to stone Judas? That's the tale in the Gospel of Judas. Quote, 
Jesus said to Judas, Step away from the others, and I shall tell you the mysteries of the kingdom. It is possible for you to reach it, but you will grieve a great deal. End quote. Judas was named by Jesus, the, tw- the 13th disciple, but was the only man to whom he confessed all he knew. Jesus couldn't imagine the writers of early Christian history would change his story to something unrecognizable and unrelated to what happened. The crafting of this holy story begins with a charismatic man who had a divine message to spread. He knew his destiny and proceeded to make it manifest. Each of us can see our our own future. Our destiny is written from birth. Intuitive knowledge and instincts originate from a spark in our being and connects to a portal where mysterious communication turns wonder into magic through manifestation. I label this process tapping the psychic mind, the portal through which humans travel to witness life as they would dream it to be. We then go about making it happen through choice and action. Suspend your disbelief. Roman rule was destroyed, but man's need to control his world grew stronger. As the great author Elaine Pagels would say, history is written by the winners. I'd add that Christian history was written by religious men who wanted to control the hearts of men through money and allegiance that over time has become their downfall through lies, narcissism, and unholy acts. This is what happens when your philosophy is built on coercion of the truth. Women's inequality was enshrined in documents from the earliest days of Christianity into the second century, believed to be unworthy of quote-unquote spiritual life. From Gospel of Thomas in Reading Judas by Elaine Pagels and Karen L. King, Peter speaks first, quote, Tell Mary to leave us, for women are not worthy of spiritual life. But instead of dismissing Mary, as Peter insists, Jesus rebukes Peter and declares, I will make Mary a living spirit so that she or any woman may become as capable of spiritual life as any man. A whole cluster of early writings above all the Gospel of Mary tell of arguments that broke out between Peter and Mary, end quote. This text appears nowhere in the chosen four Gospels. It's not a bug of Christian history. It's a feature of the Christian religion and the men who wrote Mary and the truth about Judas out of history. The Christian foundational dogma that women are considered unworthy of direct worship with God wasn't enshrined by Jesus. It came through the arrogance of mortal men, represented by Peter in this story. It was written into church law by Catholics, taken up by evangelicals, Mormons, Southern Baptists, and so many other denominations, and bled into politics, society, and culture, which continued into the 21st century. To understand the second-class treatment of women over two centuries, we must appreciate Mary Magdalene's journey. When I was a kid, the one thing I learned from the Bible is that a lot of women were named Mary. 
This passage from Arthur Karen L. King lit me up because I remember confronting my mom about all the Marys. Quote, To be sure, it is fairly difficult to keep all the Marys straight. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, Mary of Bethany, Mary the wife of Clopas, Jesus' aunt, Mary the mother of James the young and Joseph, the other Mary. End quote. What's in a name? What does it matter to a woman? They're all Mary, who cares? Labeled a whore by Pope Gregory, the truth of Mary's gifts can be seen through the Gospels. At the heart of what I'm telling you about the mind, from reading Judas, quote, Mary asks whether one receives a vision by the soul or the spirit. The Savior responds that, a person does not see with the soul or with the spirit. Rather, the mind, which exists between these two, sees the vision, and that is what... Dot, 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 end quote. There are ellipses after the word what. The ellipses symbolizes where the text of Gospel of Mary disappears. The scholar authors explain, quote, it is clear that he is describing the tripartite composition of the true inner self. It is made up of soul, mind, and spirit. The mind conveys the, vi the vision, functioning as a mediator between the spirit and the soul, end quote. It's difficult to explain how much this text meant to me. Although these books and the scholarship I'm citing came decades after I began my investigation, reading Judith, the Lost Gospel, and the Gospel of Mary Magdala were all published in the 21st century. Trying to figure out messages I'd get about my life through the mind in the context of what Christianity allowed for a woman made me a spiritual rebel for life. Unlike early male church fathers, the Lost Gospels explain that the human being, quote, is composed of body, soul, and mind, end quote. From author Karen L. King, the mind is the most divine part of the self, that which links it with God. The mind rules and leads the soul so that the mind is directed toward God. It purifies and directs the soul toward spiritual attainment, end quote. When quieted during meditation, the mind reaches into the silence. If a question is asked, an answer can come up through the stillness. Fielding answers from the void across the veil is a holy experience no matter your beliefs. This connection enlivens intuition and instinctual knowing and is the pathway of the psychic mind, which guides a person to pick the authentic road through questions we ask about our choices. As an aside, the many Gospels that didn't make it into the Bible, thank you, Irenaeus, were hidden in jars and kept underground to keep them from being destroyed as men grappled for power after Constantine. Something that will blow the minds of fake Christian people is that, according to these authors and scholars, souls are not gendered. 
Belonging to the body, the sex of an individual is part of the material realm which the soul must transcend. The visions I had as a young girl didn't scare me. The need to understand what they were and what they meant was more important. Instincts warned me to keep them private, but I couldn't have shared them if I'd wanted to because I had no way to explain them that would have that wouldn't bring wrath down on me. And as an aside, let me add what I just said when I said that um, the sex of an individual is part of the material realm, quote, which the soul must transcend, end quote. That's what the author said. Going beyond the Bible and the New Testament is important to understand early Christianity. It's imperative in the 21st century with people's faith plummeting and nothing to hold on to that's comforting because the religious people ruling the conversation can't be trusted. Peter acknowledged to Mary that, quote, the Savior loved you more than other women. End quote, with the meaning unmistakable for modern readers. Inherent in this statement is that no matter how much Jesus loved Mary, men were loved more by him. So when Mary begins to speak, sharing the secret Jesus told her but no one else, Peter reacts with jealousy and says, quote, Did he then speak with a woman in private without our knowledge about it? Are we to turn around and listen to her? Did he choose her over us? End quote. That's uh, the Gospel of Mary 10, 3 through 4, in Reading Judas by Elaine Pagels and Karen L. King, page 37, if you want an exact page. To which Mary replies, quote, My brother Peter, what are you imagining? Do you think that I have thought up these things by myself in my heart or that I am telling lies about the Savior? End quote. This is Mary 10, 5 through 6 in Reading Judas, again, page 37. Peter is then characterized as having a, quote, perpetual inclination to anger, end quote, and treating the woman, though that's in quote, as an adversary, that's in quote, from a male witness witnessing the conversation. This is a lot of information to, to give you and to digest, but it's been my obsession to understand how Mary Magdalene's importance became erased and with her how women over 2,000 years have been marginalized, victimized, and kept down. The absence of detail around Jesus's specific understanding and actions and the metaphorical description of physical resurrection is rebutted in the Gospels let out, left out of the New Testament. Jesus was resurrected and appeared as spirit. Jesus did not resurrect in the flesh as a human being. The resurrection was misunderstood based upon my lived experience and understanding. So many years ago, when my father's spirit appeared across the room, I had no way to understand this event. Never did I doubt what I saw. 
reaching beyond the Bible and the New Testament outside traditional religious dogma, applying a metaphysical narrative to the story of Jesus is the only way for me to make sense of a historical leader who lived in ancient times but whose story was rewritten to exalt the growing Christian world. To repeat, the most important snippet from Karen L. King's book is, the mind is the most divine part of the self, that which links it with God, the mind rules and leads the soul, end quote. As I've said before, the brain is our computer, but the mind... When a vision comes through in your mind while meditating or a message is downloaded or when important synchronicity happens, is it our imagination or something spiritual to pay attention to? I can't answer this question for you. My point is to emphasize what is experienced through the mind is connected to the divine and it is your right as a spiritual being to embrace the mysterious even if you can't prove how it happened to anyone. This bolsters the importance of paying attention to your soul's purpose over all mortal distractions. From the early moments after Christ's death, there was chaos. In ancient biblical times, Christians were terrified of what they saw happening to the faithful followers of Jesus. The reality of faith made them fearful of their fate. When I was a kid, it was a constant battle between me and my mom. How could I begin to explain my experiences and vision? Tell mom I saw dad's spirit one night across the room? That was one of many instances where my mind opened and I was privy to experiences and information that foretold coming events. It was once considered heresy for a Christian to say the things I've said in this podcast. For some, it still is. The missing Gospels verified what I'd suspected and felt. The mind is a portal to the mysterious, a connection with the divine. When we find our purpose, know why we're here, the divine connection opens to the mysterious, where the visions of our life can reveal the one path that's truly ours, the authentic journey. We imagine ourselves in the future in the work we've chosen and see the path towards what has yet to manifest. Meditation is the hunting ground, different from prayer, although both utilize the law of attraction. The difference between meditation and prayer is seen through how we experience the two differently. In meditation, we are endeavoring to bring answers up through the silence of our inner world. The missing Gospels talk about Jesus saying our divine nature is inside of us. As one of Shirley MacLaine's characters said, I am God. Humanity's problems all stem from human separation from the divine. We produce answers through our mind as it reels out across the mysterious unknown. Answers pop into our head or up from the silence. We must discern if it's our brain's algorithm dropping stored information or something else. In prayer, we are asking God to produce something for us we believe we can't do on our own. Then wait for an answer. It's our visions through our psychic mind that lead us 
to purpose and attract the means to fulfill destiny that must be done through our choices, decision, and actions. When a person is sure of her purpose and embraces the risks embedded in the process of discovery, the mind opens wider. Christ's message brought people to follow him in droves. He refused to bend to Roman gods, which was punishable through torture and gruesome death. Christ knew this and acted on his vision regardless because confronting the evil of godlessness was his destiny. He knew the risks and accepted them. More importantly, he'd seen his end and went forward without grim worry. If you've sat with someone who's about to pass, perhaps you've experienced what happens when the spirit leaves the physical body. When this moment comes, the spirit gone, the body changes, and the person no longer looks like she did in life. The spirit leaves before the body dies. In the ignored Gospels, kept hidden away from the world, there are stories of Jesus laughing, having having no patience for his disciples, and being happy on his divine journey. He accuses his disciples of being capable of committing murder, which is what happened when they stoned Jesus. Early Christians were Jews, as was Jesus, Yet the early writers of the Christian story made Judas Iscariot the scapegoat instead of the Romans who were responsible for his death. Nothing in human history has caused more chaos, war, and destruction than the disinformation adopted about the early Christians and forwarded by religious men bent on control of humanity. Over 2,000 years... The Christian story forwarded by religious males has been disinformation to keep humans from discovering our innate power seen through the story of Jesus in Gospels we have been unable to read. Much of the texts of these early works has been destroyed over time regardless of the care taken to preserve the competing story of Christ and his followers that doesn't comport with traditional religiosity. The ghoulish recreation of Jesus' crucifixion was not part of the message. And the continuation of the story that early Christians embraced is the opposite of Jesus' message. How the few who could write and read crafted the Christian story, complete with Jews being the villains and women being forbidden to embrace our own spiritual power. What happened to people who didn't comply with early Christian orthodoxy is a cruel line that reaches into our world today. People like Tyler Henry or Teresa Caputo are considered on the extremes of what's possible. How can they do what they do? Convening with spirits who have crossed over, intuiting specifics of their life and death without being told beforehand. It's, it's logical with all I know today that Jesus knew his fate through the psychic mind because his divine connection was pure as was his soul and intent. Everything in a person's life must be aligned with truth, reality experienced in line with truth, faith that if you can visualize, you can manifest your vision. One catches that your vision must be aligned with your soul's purpose and destiny, and don't be surprised if your soul 
if your soul's purpose changes as you age. There are things to be learned on the way, but you have to travel with open eyes and heart. To experience the mysterious requires sacrifice, I've found. When all around you are are expelling two black lawmakers, you must be the one to stand up and take on your racist Christian friends. When Catholic priests are abusing children, you can't abet these criminals by hiding priests around the world. When a president lies about who he is, hoards classified documents, and incites an insurrection, you stand up against the criminality. If you don't, you're nothing but a fake Christian, and your soul will be forfeited unless you recant. There is no denying destiny, but your life will be forever altered if you kneel to a liar. My destiny turned out to be telling the story at least part of it, a real-life thriller that began when I was a young girl. The mind is the holy field of imagination, foreshadowing of what can be manifested as experienced through intuition and instincts. It's like when you meet someone for the first time on a date. You size the person up and you get an immediate impression. For me, when I met my husband, there was something about him. But I couldn't put my finger on it. My world had collapsed. But my instincts said, regardless of our differences, he could be someone special, someone important. After we were married, he showed me something He'd written that dated back to his high school days around 1970. He'd suddenly discovered it again. It was aged and the pencil writing was faded, but I could read it. The fictional story was about a girl who had the same name as me. She had red hair and he had fallen in love with her. This happened 20 years ago. Before, I told him about my gifts and what I'd experienced on a regular basis. Before, we came together on a journey that changed our lives, sent us through challenges amid eruptions of life's cruelty until we came out on the other side. There is more to life than what can be proven, seen, or imagined. When my journey turned to the books beyond the Bible and the New Testament, what I discovered began the healing journey of my life. Easter today is different for me as a lapsed Episcopalian, far more meaningful, because I discovered a larger truth through trusting my doubts and investigating until I uncovered what now I realize was the truer story of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Judas, and the disciples. Jesus chose Judas as his divine partner in this divine story. It was jealous men who killed Judas and jealous religious leaders who framed the story of early Christianity into something it wasn't through lies of omission. No one closer to Jesus than Mary Magdalene. No one was closer than Mary and Judas Iscariot the man whom Jesus chose to be his partner and recipient of God's words to Jesus in the greatest story ever told, but went missing from early Christian history. 
From the comments on the translation section from reading Judas, 13, 1, 1 through 17, Judas's next question, quote, Does the human spirit die? Shows that he is beginning to understand. The body will die and the world will perish, but the spirit does not belong to this perishable realm, but to the world above. What will happen to it at the end time? The divine spirit cannot perish, but the gospel of Judas assumes the death of the physical body and its finality. Moreover, it teaches that even souls are mortal unless they are joined with immortal spirits. Jesus has already told Judas that the souls of everyone who belongs solely to the human race will die, end quote. We have a choice whether our soul lives on, and it's making the turn to spirit. The journey through the mind connects me with my divine self and God. I've experienced the mind's power and its connection to future events, experienced the downloaded messages that surprise me with exactly what I need at the perfect moment. The psychic mind that leads to soul discovery and the quantum leap that opens a view into the future. I'm Taylor Marsh. And you've been listening to Astral Soul Lightning. Until next time.